Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. I asked my friend Mitchell Levy to be a guest today on Wisdom Talk Radio because he has a unique lens on the world that I haven't really experienced from other people. And if you are a creator with a message that you want to get out into the world, he knows the way. So stay tuned for Mitchell's blend of humor and pragmatism on sharing wisdom in today's world. Hi, I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your creative innovator's style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. For visionaries, innovators, company founders, and product designers, optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. Global credibility expert Mitchell Levy is a TEDx speaker and international best-selling author of, get this, over 60 books. That's a lot of books. As the aha guy at Aha That, he helps to extract the genius from your head in a three-hour interview so that his team can ghostwrite your book, publish it, distribute it, and make you an Amazon best-selling author in four months. He is an accomplished entrepreneur who has created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley including four publishing companies that have published over 850 books. Okay, this is a man that, um, as I said, has a unique lens on the world and is here to um, bring forward something very different that we haven't really touched on in at Wisdom Talk Radio. So welcome, Mitchell. I am so delighted you're here. I am... Uh... I'm so excited just, just to be in your presence and feel your energy. Mm, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So you're kind of like, when I think about you and what you do and who you are, you're kind of like the man behind the person. You know, they used to say the, the woman behind the man. You're the man behind the person with a focus on thought leadership and credibility. So... If we could just kind of dive right in, if that's okay with you, how does credit credibility impact one's ability to affect change in the world? I mean, why is that so important? And that's a big question. No, no it's, a, it's a beautiful question. And it, I was going to actually um, take up the point that you said that I'm, I'm the, 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 uh, the wizard behind the Oz, right? And, mm. and to some extent, that's true, but and now getting to credibility. Mm-hmm. In today's world, the most important element is that we have the ability to talk directly with those people we admire. We have the ability to talk with the thought leaders that are in the world directly. We, When we want to have a problem solved, we don't want to talk to somebody who's sitting in an ivory tower shouting down orders, which, mm-hmm. which really was 20 years ago what a thought leader was. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we actually want to see, touch, feel. We want to like those people, and if we're lucky, love those people that we get to to work with, or how about we say it differently, that we get to play with. Mm -hmm. So as a result, 
credibility means that, well, the, the dictionary definition is simply that uh, you've demonstrated trustworthiness. Okay, mm -hmm. so you've demonstrated trustworthiness. And in the TED Talk, I've defined trust as integrity, authenticity, and vulnerability. I want to add to that. So yes, it is demonstrated trustworthiness, but I'm also going to say another way to do that in today's world. And, and one of the things we could touch on is I'm interviewing 500 thought leaders on credibility. Mm -hmm. And I've come up with a very simple way to explain everything. Okay. And at the end of the day, what I'm going to say is credibility means that when you show up, you show up. Mm. And then so I'm going to define that. What does that mean? That means you're going to come early to your meetings, you're going to be prepared, and that you're going to come with your heart. And what's fascinating, if credibility, if showing up, if being trusted, if the another way to think about it, if we only do business with those that we know, like, and trust, what I'm going to say is I can't be 100% behind the curtains because people need to get to know me. That's right. In order to get to know me, they need to see me. In order to get to see me, I need to be out there just like everyone else. If you're listening to this, if you're watching to this, by definition, you need to be out there enough so that those people who really should gravitate to you, those people who really are going to draw into your magnetism, they need to be able to see you. Mm -hmm. and what they need to be able to see is the real you, so they need to be able to know, like, and trust you. And so that's the the interesting the interesting uh, elements that I'm learning. Yes. So you want to be, and you really are, because even though I said you're the man behind the person, you're you're the wizard that is out front. You know, you're the wizard that is co-creating with your creators. Yes. It's kind of, it, it's actually, Gloria, well, it's so much fun. We, for those that are interested, just go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And, and at the moment, we're still, we're still interviewing folks. Uh, I've, I've uh, specifically, we've, we've done 188. Uh, we, we've got another 100 already in queue. We're going to get to 500. Maybe by the time you, you're watching this, we've already hit the 500 mark. I will come out with a book based on that, or very similar to Napoleon Hill and doing Think and Grow Rich. Uh, I haven't titled the book yet, uh, 500 Thought Leaders on Credibility. It's going to be a powerful book. And so let me give you an example. This is one of those things that I didn't realize I was going to start keeping track of. Hmm. And what happens is as soon as the first person came late, I'm like, oh, we should kind of keep track of when people come. And so you're going you're gonna to look at these numbers and go, oh, my God. So it turns out that 8% of people come early. Now, I've defined early as 10 minutes or before, mm -hmm. right? And, and when, by the way, when I look at the, the psychographics of that 8%, they're the most wealthiest people I've interviewed. 62% come on time. That's between nine minutes and three minutes. 25% mm -hmm. come late. Wow. Now, I'm doing a podcast. We're going live mm -hmm. on Facebook, and then we share it a bunch of other places. And they come between three minutes and zero. Now, as a host, you start getting panicked when your person doesn't show up. Now, here's the worst part. 7% come super, you could say super late or 7% are rude. They come after the half hour. Wow. So let's, so, so as soon as you hear this, it's very obvious. And, but you could also see how people schedule their days this way. But there are people, you're being interviewed by the global credibility expert on your credibility, and you think it's credible to come after the half hour, right? 
oxymoron, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And but what happens is people, because we have the opportunity to be so busy, they schedule stuff back to back, and and they they come to late and they say, oh, I'm just busy. Well, guess what? If you were trying to sell me something, uh, you're not going to make the sale. Yes. If you're trying to get me to like you and you're coming late to something that I've scheduled, I might, I may not like you. Now, I won't show this on the interview, right? Because by definition, my job when they come on the air is to bring out their best. So we do about 10 minutes up front. I help them understand. 98% of the people can't can answer the first question before we do a little bit of coaching. So I help I them. I was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because it's bad. It's just because we don't the way like we that. were trained we in the like industrial that. age is mm-hmm. we were trained to act and speak a, a certain way, but it's not as powerful as just directly talking to the audience. So mm-hmm. if you want to turn your magnet on, and and so I, I've introduced three or four threads, so I'll be quiet a minute. You can I'll figure out which question you ask me next. But um, if you want to turn your magnet on, when somebody says hi, you, you meet them at a cocktail party, and they say hi, how are you? What do you do? Don't tell them what you do. Don't because here's what we know: we're trained to t- to give them our value proposition. Mm-hmm. Oh, I work with orthodontists who have teeth problems, right? I mean, <laughs> don't it, don't tell them what 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 you do. What you want to say instead is who you serve. I call it the CPOP, the mm-hmm. customer point of pain. And, and what happens is when you, when you, in three seconds, and by the way, this is really hard, three to five seconds, say, what is the pain point of the, so I serve? So if you say, hey, Mitchell, what's your CPOP? Busy, successful professionals looking for more credibility through a book, and they have no time. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is you're either going to go, oh, that's interesting. And then I could say, well, can I tell you my answer? And I'll give you an answer in three seconds. Or if they just go, uh-huh. Well, you just know that they have no interest or they have nobody in their network that has interest. And so you could move your topic to something else. And, and, and it's okay. It's okay for people to not be interested. Sure. The, the goal, Lori. Oh, sorry. I know you want to stop me. Yeah, sorry. I do. The goal is to give <laughs> your, sorry, you got me off. So the goal is to give somebody a tool that they could recommend you to somebody else. Right. Right. But, but I want to go deeper with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> because I'm really, I, I'm thinking about our listeners and I'm thinking about, you know, our listeners are, a lot of them are really looking to affect change in the world. Or at least they see there. There's a lot that can be that can happen, and and some of these people have a big vision of what's possible and what they want to do. And so I want to. I want. Uh, I, in a way, you've addressed it, but that the importance of credibility, the importance of demonstrating your credibility, so that you can affect change in the world. And and there's not exactly a question in there, but. See what you do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that. So, if you're one of those leaders who you know you need to change the world and and in a certain way, and you're doing something that's really valuable, mm-hmm. the question becomes in in today's world. So, what in the old days we would have publishers who would publish your book and then you'd be the icon. Mm-hmm. Or if you were a movie actor, we'd have a TV studio or, or broadcast media put you out there. Or if you're a band, we'd have a recording studio. 
that would just make you the band and put you on tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore because we all have one of these. We all have a camera. We all have a microphone. And so it is now our responsibility to make that audience that follows us. So what happens is you, you I would always say, start small, find the audience that really resonates with who you're and what you do fine tune that message. So that message is so easy to communicate and most importantly, so easy to pass along. Because you could spend a ton of money on advertising, creating funnels, which may or may not work. And what you want to be able to do is have this message that your audience gets so excited about hearing that they want to share it with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way you affect change more and more is you, word of mouth marketing is the best tool in today's world. And then what happens over time is you find partners that you play with who they have an audience that you're interacting with or they have an audience they're interacting with that you fit really well into. And vice versa, there are going to be other people that in what you do with your audience, Mm -hmm. there'll be other people who can add more value. I do one thing really well. I will give you your book in four months. It'll be an Amazon best-selling book. Now, I'm not going to give you your online course. If you want that, I'm going to recommend somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put you on a 10-city tour. You want that? I'm going to recommend somebody. I'm not going to create or do your LinkedIn profile updates, although after the interview, by definition, you're going to change your LinkedIn profile. <laughs> um, and so what happens is I'm being very focused on what I do, so it's very clear that the value I add, and, and probably or the best way to, for me when I think about it And maybe what I want to do is have your audience uh, think about this for themselves. When somebody comes to me and says, Mitchell, I want a book. So I say, first question, what's the purpose? And, and, And I typically only work with those people who are using the book for business in one way or another. And business meaning they want to attract people. They want to be able to either do more consulting, do more speaking or, or sell more product. Mm -hmm. And what happens, say, well, I have a great life story. People have told me I have a great life story. I'm like, eh, nobody cares about your life story. You want to tell your life story, go on Vimeo, answer four questions, create four videos, and that's your life story. And you'll save a whole lot of time and money. So then they go, well, I, they go, what do you do today? And then they tell me what they do today. And then I go, so what do you want to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So the interesting part is Nirvana is when what they're doing today is what they want to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Those are people that resonate with themselves. And by definition, their, their, their flock, their fan base also resonate with them mm-hmm. because they're doing what they want to do. Yes. There are many times where what they're doing today is not what they want to do tomorrow. So I have to be clear, the book that I will do with any author is the book of who they need to be tomorrow. Yes. Right. And so what happens is if you're clear on your messaging, if you're clear who you are. So if, if you had a if you were you're recommending somebody to me, either we will do a book or not. But the book that we do will be where they need to actually go. And that changes everything. And so I look for partners to play with who can then help propel them further. And, and so it's it's um, the importance. I think it's very simple. People. Not everyone feels or reads energy. The, the reason I said that at the beginning of this interview is there's a group of people, a number of people in the Evolutionary Business Council, but I'd still say maybe it's only 20 or 30% actually truly read energy that you could feel their energy. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to 
to, to, to say anyone's good or bad. It's just sometimes what happens when somebody is like you, Lori, or someone is like me, when you get in a room with people, they just feel that energy and they know, they know that energy is, is good. You could feel that that's good. And you could feel that, that when you talk to somebody that you have their best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of those things that the best thing we could do is figure out ways that we can get in front of the audience, whether it's physically one-on-one or Zoom or in a much bigger scale as a webinar. And then uh, whatever it is that we do, the importance is that people consistently know who you are, what your message is, and, and how you've helped. And, and this is probably where even customer testimonial videos are helping, how you've helped other people like them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So taking it beyond the the work that you do right now in the world, although it's connected, what's been your journey? Like, why do you do what you do? And yeah, why do you do what you do? What What is the meaning for you personally? Because that has real impact, and I think, and, and interest from our audience. All right. So, so given that I've jumped immediately to like five minute answers, let me ask you: Do you want <laughs> that thirty second answer or the five minute answer? Oh, I don't know. Start and just go. (laughs) (laughs) So, so that implies the story. So I'll appeal to the auditory person. So (laughs) what I found, uh, well, first we'll start the, I worked for corporate uh, until 1997. And so the last time I actually worked for a company was 1997. I was working for Sun Microsystems. I was running the e-commerce component of their supply chain. I'm in Silicon Valley. The dot-com days are upon us. And I'm like, you know, I got to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to help companies figure out what this e-commerce thing was, what the internet is. And why? But what what was it about you that that you felt moved to do that? So... What's, I'm trying to dig into you. <laughs> what's interesting, and, and this is one of, in our green room conversation, you said, Mitchell, do you know any other languages? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. I only speak English, and then it's American English, so it's not even good English. Hmm. However, here's what I do do, and I've always figured out in my life what I'm really good at. I speak sales. I speak marketing. I speak engineering. I speak accounting. I speak uh, board of directors. I have always been that person that have allowed and figured out how to get two groups to talk to each other, that facilitator, that person in the middle. So in my, when I was working for Sun in previous companies, Mm -hmm. I was doing financial systems. Mm -hmm. So I I let the accounting guys figure out what the IT guys were doing and built systems based Mm -hmm. on doing systems analysis and putting the right tools in place where both people can talk to each other, which sometimes is not that easy. Right. When I saw the dot-com days happening, what I saw was a complete evolution of who we are and how we do business. And so when I opened up the, the e-commerce consulting company, what I ended up doing is going around to, to CEOs and VP of operations, and I would go, realize this is new technology. It's going to let you talk directly to your clients, which, by the way, we didn't do before then. Mm-hmm. It's going to let you completely revamp your supply chain. So instead of this convoluted stuff you have today, it's going to be a lot more cleaner because you're going to drop ship directly from your supplier to your client. Mm-hmm. And I actually had VP of operations and CEOs tell me, Mitchell, the Internet's a fad. It's not going to happen. I'm like. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, on a job, <laughs> and so, and we know where that went. Mm-hmm. 
So the next big trend I picked up was book publishing. I saw that book publishing would be democratized, that we're going to completely transform what books are and how they work. And, and I, so I have published a lot of books. So between 2005 and 2017, I published over 800 books. Mm -hmm. What I could tell you, though, is I realized that I was serving the wrong audience. And you go, oh, that's interesting. So, uh, successful life, published a lot of books. Uh, as you know, I've been uh, taking friends and family to Europe for 20 years. We've done okay, mm -hmm. but I still serve the wrong audience. And, and so that stopped me from making as big of an impact as I wanted. So let me tell you, the wrong audience is I always thought when you're running a business, you should do something that makes it easy for you uh, to do what you want to do better. And I always thought my job was to write books quicker. So what happened is we actually created a social media enabled ebook platform that's called Aha That. Uh -huh. And I had gotten the process down where somebody could write one of those books in eight hours. I'm thinking, this is really cool. Uh -huh. Now I want to do an, an improvement to Aha That. So in 2016, I ran a Kickstarter. It hit 250% of goal. So by the way, the way I talk is trying is also trying to answer your question. So I'm going to say, so why do you do what you do? Because I, I just, I know how things work. So listen, if you're doing a crowdfunding campaign and you want to be successful, how did we hit 250% of goal? You could take a product or service you offer in real life and offer it at a discount. So it turns out we hit 250% of goal because 20 people paid us that when they wrote their book in eight hours, we'd mm -hmm. publish it. So I'm going to fast forward a year. At the end of 2017, I did my TED Talk. That got me thinking about, so that's the thing that finally broke the mold of who I was and what I was thinking. Because wow. I just, the, the TED Talk is, is all about creating an idea worth spreading. So Did it create, did it break the mold in your own mind? Is that the mold that you were after breaking? Yes. It, yeah. it created the mold of saying, okay, I've got to think about this beautiful idea worth spreading. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I looked at the results from the Kickstarter. So 20 people paid us that when they wrote their book, we'd publish it. It turns out that after a year, after 12 months, three people wrote their books. Huh. And, and I, it, it was one of those things that it kind of blew me away in a negative way. That means 17 people mm -hmm. couldn't find eight hours in a 12-month period to do something they paid for that would be beneficial for them. Hmm. So as heart-centered entrepreneurs, that's not how I want to run business. Right. That's, I don't want to sell stuff people don't use. Now, let me make it worse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I went to my friends in the online learning space. I went to my friends in the internet marketing space, and they both said essentially the same thing. They go, Mitchell, do you realize that three out of 20 is a 15% utilization rate? That's fantastic. <sighs> Doesn't feel that way, Dil, does it? That's when I knew I was serving the wrong audience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what I ended up doing in 2018, I built a writing school. We've now graduated. It's the AHA That Writing School. We've graduated 50 people from it. And so when I do a go, one of my superpowers, I have two, <laughs> probably more. But Yeah, I was going to say at least. What, we, what I, we're going to focus on here. The two I want to focus mm -hmm. on is, is I am truly genius at bringing out the genius of others. Mm. it's people feel comfortable talking. I find the most relevant components of who they are. And I bring that to the surface. Mm -hmm. The second thing is because of my background in systems oh. and, and operational research and stuff I do, I build systems. And so 
I created the writing school. Mm-hmm. And so now what happens when we do the book is, is I interview somebody for about three hours. I pull out their genius. And after that, my team does, does the book. Mm-hmm. And so the audience we were meant to serve, the audience I was always meant to serve. And once again, I probably knew this at least four or five years before, but just didn't listen. And so that audience, so somebody had given me that present about four or five years before, but I just ignored it. And so that audience are the people who, they don't want to spend their time writing a book. Mm-hmm. What they want to do is spend their time serving their audience. Now, and there's they've a big got something to say. They have a message to get out there. Oh, if you're in business and you serve clients, you have a message. Exactly. Just, just to be yeah. clear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so here's what I learned. So, so now what I see is happening, where the world's going, is the book is the absolute best credibility tool you can have. I mean, you, could, you go to school and get a PhD. Sometimes the book is more relevant. Mm-hmm. And particularly the book whose title of the book is the pain point you solve for your clients, mm-hmm. the CPOP. Mm-hmm. So if you have a book that's your CPOP, all of a sudden people go, oh, I should at least hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't monetize on book sales. Right. And, and everyone thinks that, oh my God, I know so much stuff. I'm going to put in a book. It's going to sell so much copy. Oprah's going to see me and I'm going to make a movie. No, and I have too many friends that are authors and I've been through it. And it no. doesn't, that doesn't work. So what happens is if you wanted to spend the amount of time that most people spend writing a book, what, and, and this is where I, a small commercial, let us do the book for you, 10 hours. We're going to save you 310 hours. Take the 310 hours and, and build a course. Because the book sells for nineteen ninety five or twenty four ninety five, we do hardcover as well. The course you could sell for two hundred, or you could sell for a thousand, or a couple thousand, and then discount it appropriately. And you you sell one course, and it'll probably be more than the amount of profit you'll ever make in mm-hmm. selling books. Right. So you do the books for the indirect revenue, and if you're going to spend time constructing and building something, it's so easy these days. And still, it's still one of those worlds that that the course is really where you want to educate mm-hmm. and, and grow and learn. And then you ups, upsell from there into either your mastermind or your one-on-one coaching or whatever is appropriate. So I want to, I want to kind of arc off for a moment, although it's not really that far and see what you have to say about this. I'm, I'm wondering in your experience about what you see the connection being between innovation and credibility. Ooh, given that that's the first time I've ever been asked that yeah. question. I mean, I, I realize that, that I'm, um, yeah. it's not something we planned. <laughs> no, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So let me define innovation. And as we, as I uh, define what that is and where it sits, then I'll be able to tie in what mm-hmm. credibility is. So there are many different components or types of innovation, right? There's, there's the innovation when you create something completely new, mm-hmm. right? The completely new what is whoever invented the wheel. Think about how that's completely transformed the world. Uh, my dad actually invented the handheld laser industry. Think about when you go into a store and they scan your thing. Think about how that's transformed the world. Mm-hmm. So there's that type of innovation, but then there's also the innovation that's this practical innovation, right? So there's the change the world innovation that like all of a sudden you see in the dictionary inventor of the light bulb and right. And 
and once again, it wasn't really uh, Edison. It was it was you know Tesla, right? So anyhow, the the interesting part is where what as Edison did is not necessarily that new idea, but mm-hmm. rather he did a practical implement implementation exactly. of that idea. Mm-hmm. So innovation is making to me is mm-hmm. making something work for an audience that didn't work before or making work something work better that didn't work before it's it's figuring out how to how to do things better faster quicker cheaper whatever that might mean so it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an inventor to innovate and it doesn't have to be a product even it can be it, a process it can it be, be a process it can be a service it can be being a thought leader so and what's so, the relationship then with with credibility? Yeah. So what's interesting is if you already come to the table as a credible expert, every time you introduce an idea, the more credible you are, the easier it is for the audience to recognize that credibility. Mm. So if you have a company called Virgin and you have created 10 or 20 or 30 companies, the next time you come up with the next time Sir Richard Branson comes up with another virgin product, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I should look at that. Yeah. If you're uh, a Tesla, you know, or an Elon Musk, mm-hmm. and you go, well, some of his stuff is wacky, but some of his stuff is pretty amazingly cool, right? Mm-hmm. So the more credibility you have, the easier it is for the audience to immediately accept those things that you've created. So what happens is if you're creating something new, so let's say I have two people come to me and they both have the exact same innovation, which by the way, having been in Silicon Valley, uh, there's at least eight or 10 new ideas that are the exact same ideas. It's Mm -hmm. not about the idea that matters. It's about the implementation. Mm Mm-hmm. So if two That's people why I come work to me, with people on that. <laughs> so if two people come to me with the exact same idea, mm-hmm. the one I'm going to listen to more is the one that, based on their credibility, mm-hmm. and we can define what that is. I feel they're going to have the opportunity. If I'm going to, let's say, I get to partner with one of them and not the other. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I would always try to figure out how to partner with both. But let's say I partner with one, not the other. I'm going to pick the one that, in the past, had been able to deploy. Mm. Right. They've been able to execute further. So it may not be the credibility in that market. So let's let's do accounting. It's a new way to do accounting. If it's an accountant that's never done anything but accounting, but is doing something new versus somebody that has in two or three different industries done something completely different, but has nothing, no idea about accounting. I'm going to go with the person who's done it a bunch of times. Uh-huh. Because my feeling is they have more credibility to bring this new idea to market than the accountant, even though they know the industry well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it would. I, okay. it, it's your it's your idea. <laughs> it's it's how you you know, and that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really curious because I have such a feeling for what type of creative innovator you are. And I'm really curious to have you do the quiz because you were talking about certain things before about the way that you bring people's genius out and the way that you uh, cross boundaries. And I'm, so I'm curious. I would, I would love to. And if, <laughs> if you've sent it to me in the past, I apologize. I lost it. And <laughs> please resend it. And I'm happy to take it. Okay. okay. Or it's tell just, me where to go. So. It's just one, it's one of those things because you are, you are being an innovator nonstop. 
you know, and I think your whole life has been that. And it's really quite impressive, actually. Oh, thank you. To feel into it and to think about that. So um, I wonder if you would, in uh, the rest of our time that we have, share a few of those, oh, top thought leadership practices. Mm. You know, that, that's a kind of maybe a softball question for you, but I, I think it's really valuable for our listening audience to so, hear what you have to say about that. There's a couple different places or directions to go on this. Mm-hmm. And so let me let me first tell you the and I've, I've got I've got five I normally do. But let me let me add the let me add the, the I'm going to remind you about the three that I'm learning from the credibility. So when you have meetings set up, so structure your calendar that you come 10 minutes early. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, I have somebody who books me on podcasts. When she books me, she books a half hour before. Mm-hmm. So I sat there because you came in about the hour because we were, you know, we, we, there wasn't anything. Uh, I sat there for 10 minutes. That's okay. I had stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So she books me a half hour early just so I can get in the right mental mindset. Mm-hmm. And then she books a half hour afterwards just so I don't collide with any other meetings I have to worry mm-hmm. about. And because if I'm going to make a decision to be on somebody's podcast or radio show or TV show, I'm going to make sure that they get the time they need. And by the way, if somebody as busy, I do typically 20 to 25 meetings a day, as busy as I am, if I got a free half hour, yeehaw. (laughs) I get to. (laughs) No, I do the same thing because I'm preparing. The reason I didn't get on until, you know, just before is because I am preparing myself. Yeah. For being with you and for being with our audience. Oh, it, by the way, you did a great job. I so loved the first the first couple of sentences. I'm like, my heart was glowing. So mm-hmm. thank you. So that, that's really come, feedback from you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, come early. Here's the other thing: be prepared. So if you have a meeting with somebody and you don't spend at least five minutes googling them and looking at their if you know if they're depending on what world LinkedIn or Facebook profiles and looking at their websites, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do that, you don't deserve to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to to be able to close business or interact with them. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just too easy for you to pay the respect to somebody else mm-hmm. that they deserve. And you know what? They feel it. They feel Absolutely. it. They know it. They know it. You can't yeah. fake it. And then as you could hear, uh, you got to make sure you present your heart. You, you, and, and what does that mean? It's, it's sort of allowing you to be trusted. That's being authentic. It's having credibility. It's, it's, it's having that integrity to be able to say when you don't know something, the authenticity uh, to, to be able to only say what you know and the, the vulnerability to say when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this one person, like everyone we has somebody in our lives that they're never wrong. <laughs> well, you don't, you can't trust them. Right. 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 So, so let me do the best practices super quick. <laughs> There's five. One is uh, make sure that it, and it's, it's along the lines of show up when you show up, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it in terms of your online presence. If somebody Googles your name, make sure they use, they see what you want them to see. Mm, okay. Right. So they Google your name and it looks like crap or you have a Twitter account and, but you haven't done anything with it. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Twitter and the other social media companies are spending hundreds of millions of dollars that when your name is Googled, their site comes up. And if one of your social media presences look like crap, 
uh, it's, it's a negative credibility piece. Mm -hmm. uh, if I go to your website and the copyright at the bottom is not the current year, negative credibility piece. Mm -hmm. If I go to your website and it's a design that was used 10 years ago, negative credibility. These are not any of these necessarily bad. Um, go to LinkedIn. Um, here's the funniest, the funnest part on LinkedIn. <laughs> when, when you say somebody, what's your CPOP? Like, who do you serve? Like, what's the most, what's the three most important things to you? And then you go to the bottom where it shows what they get endorsed for. If there's a difference between those two, mm -hmm. disconnect, credibility, killer, right? So, mm -hmm. so show up properly. Um, second is to continually share content, right? So as you're learning, as you're growing, um, you want to share content. It doesn't have to be yours. Mm -hmm. In fact, typically, only 20% of what you share should be yours. 80% should be somebody else's. It shows that you care about the world. You care about what's going on. Um, third is to have a book. Um, a book is still the best thought leadership pace uh, thing to do, the best credibility thing you can do. So create a book. Um, fourth is create your own show. So have your own channel. So it's kind of like this, mm -hmm. um, the one you're doing, the one I've got like two or three of these things. It's having a channel where you can actually share your voice and share the voices of others. Mm -hmm. And then, and we could spend more time on any of these, but I just figured I'd go fast. So no, that's great. That's great. That so, and, and let me do number five. <laughs> that gives people something to chew on. Yeah. So remember, uh, number one is to show up well when people go to you. Number two is share content consistently. Uh, and consistently could be five minutes a day, but every day, right? Mm -hmm. uh, number three, you have to have a book. That book has to be your CPOP. Mm -hmm. It can't be like what you've done in the past. It's, it's why should I pay attention to you today? Mm -hmm. And that's the book that, that you do that. Uh, four, have your own show. Five, and this is one of those really interesting techniques. I, I, I run the Thought Leadership Best Practices group on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so I've been looking at what people do that are valuable. And, and this one fits in. It's running a best of campaign. So let's say the 25 best influencers in this space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Because what happens in your industry if you're the one who puts together the 25 best influencers in your space? Mm -hmm. Well, you're creating content. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You're getting to know the 25 best influencers in your space. Mm -hmm. You create a graphic that they potentially put on their sites. So you want to encourage them to put it on the site. They're linking back and putting backlinks back to you. When you do the announcements, you're getting them to share in their networks. If they're influencers, they're sharing in their networks. And then since you've done them a favor, that first time you've got something that you may want to ask a favor from them, you've already done them a favor. Mm -hmm. So it's that best of list. So that would be the top five. And creating uh, relationships is really what you're talking about with that last one. I, by the way, I, I, I so encourage uh, or ex am excited about what you said. I want to add one more piece. Okay. Everything you do in life, it's about the journey, not the destination. Mm. So enjoy yourself as you're moving along. So when you're doing the best of list, don't do it because you want to get the list. Yeah. Do it because along the way, you're enjoying meeting the people. And, and, and what may come out of it is made. If you do an anthology book, that's one of the things we do too. We have software that makes it easy mm -hmm. to do an, an anthology book. In many cases, it's not the book at the end. That's, that, that's the best result. It's the journey of who you meet along the way that's Absolutely. part of that. I mean, that's really why I do, or one of the reasons I do Wisdom Talk Radio is because I love who I get to talk with. And, you know, sometimes I know them, sometimes I don't ahead of time. 
And it's always, uh, it's always an experience for me. And in turn, of course, I hope that it's an experience for our audience. But Mitchell, can you tell our audience how they can best connect with you? What's the best place to reach you? Oh, sure. You know, and, and by the way, I'm going to give you something that is yet another credibility thing, because a lot of times people will give you five or six. If you're doing a lot of stuff, you, mm-hmm. they give you five or six URLs. And, and I could easily do that. But let me give you one. Right. That's what I'm so asking. So it's my it's my name, MitchellLevy360.com. So it's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-L-E-V-Y-360.com. And you immediately see a customer video testimonial. You can connect to me on social media. And if this is of interest to you and you want to explore whether or not a book makes sense, you can book time directly in my calendar. Great. That's MitchellLevy360.com. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing that because that's what will also go into the show notes so that people have a way to, to connect with you. Mitchell, thank you so much for your time, for your your creative way of looking at life. You know, mm. it's it's um it is a mixture, it, it is pragmatic, but in a really be- and in a really beautiful way that jet brings it alive. So thank you for for uh doing that for us today. Those are, th- that was the aha moment when you said those words. I'm like, yeah, that is what I do. <laughs> but, but thanks. It's, it, it really is about simply looking at the world the way it is today, which is different than the way it was yesterday. And different than how it's going to be tomorrow. And I'm all about the tomorrow. <laughs> you, got, you got it. Oh, Lori, my pleasure. Thank you so much for spending the time, spending the energy, being you and helping to bring out the best of me. And I appreciate that. Mm, with pleasure. Thanks for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery and illumination. Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to podcasts. And if you've enjoyed listening to us today, leave a review because that helps more people access the wisdom and transformation. And for more about fast tracking from ideation to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at thebacainstitute.com. Take the Creative Innovator quiz there now. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.